Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So we're starting uh, this series, Communication Gap, and it's probably going to be four or five weeks is my guess. Uh, I believe communication is at the core, the foundation of every relationship. And if you look at most relationship issues, whether it's friendship, it's marriage, it's church community, uh, it's workplace, oftentimes the issue is communication, right? When there is good communication that is happening within a context, oftentimes helps the relationship be in a healthier dynamic. But what happens a lot of times is when there's conflict or there's a lack of closeness and intimacy, it's because there's a breakdown in communication. So we're going to be coming back to this point throughout the entire series. Kind of think of this um, as uh, this and then on the back end, well, kind of bookend each talk with with these points. So when we talk about communication, we want to be sure that we're setting our heart on Christ because the reality is that communication originates from the heart. It's why, with all respect to our moms and grandmas when we were growing up and they threatened to wash our mouth out with soap and water if we said something wrong, uh, the issue was not with the tongue. The issue was with the heart. The heart needed to be fixed, right? The heart had stuff that was kind of brewing in there and that was coming out. And Jesus addresses this in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 12. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So he's saying that because they're evil, the issue is they're not able to speak good things because there is evil brewing within their hearts. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word man may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Right. So the words we speak clearly, Christ is saying, their source is the heart. And so if we're having a difficult time communicating effectively, the first place we need to look at is what is going on in our hearts. Later in the the passage, Christ says, out of the heart comes hatred and wrath and fornication and greed and all sorts of evil things come out of the heart because we allow them to brew there. We ignore them that they're just sitting there. And we tend to focus in on other things or distract ourselves with other things. But Jesus also says here that the way we communicate, God cares, right? Every word that comes out of our mouth, we will give an account for. So if we say a harsh word, a mean word, an unkind word, a wrathful word, Jesus here is saying, be careful. Don't just say, oh, it's just a word. No, words matter. And they clearly matter to Christ here. 
One of the, 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 the challenges that we have in relationships, in, and again, I'm not going to specify every time, but when I say relationships here, yes, I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about community. I'm talking about siblings, right? Family dynamics. One of the challenges that we have is that we oftentimes speak past each other, right? We're not actually oftentimes listening to what the other person is saying, or we're not seeing them because we're focused on something else. That's the reason why, by the way, when, when, when Peter offered that example, and then Sandy came back and offered kind of, a, I think, a different perspective, it's important that we understand that we're what we're saying, because what could have happened in that instance is that each person or each group or each heart focuses on what it's really focused on saying, right? And not really seeing what the other person is trying to get out. And y'all, this is what happens oftentimes in our communication or relationships with each other. Where does this, where do we see this in our own relationships with God as well? If I could take you back to the Old Testament, man was speaking past God oftentimes. Man had such a wrong view of God that he oftentimes distorted the, like, God and what he was doing and how he was doing it. And so what does God do? God, St. Athanasius tells us that's one of the reasons he becomes incarnate. But I want to I wanna take you earlier, if you've never read the work on the incarnation by St. Athanasius, super beautiful theological work, but I think also theology has a lot of practical Im, uh, implications on our life. Okay? So, what St. Athanasius says here is, human beings were foolish, and they turned away from God, and so they not only forgot the concept of God, but also fashioned for themselves others instead. Humans, like, they forgot about him. He was there, he's trying to communicate to them, tell, sending them his word, and they get distracted by other things. They turn away from him, and they start creating other ideas about who God is. And some of those ideas about God, they formed statues called idols. And they formed certain values of philosophy that they began to worship. And interestingly, this is what we do oftentimes in our relationships with each other. We talk right past one another. We turn away from one another. And then we start formulating in our minds ideas about one another. We say, oh, this is who they are. This is how they've always been. We begin to reduce a specific encounter, a person, we categorize them, they got upset one time or were unclear in what they were trying to say and say, so we say, oh, that person is weak. That person has, has anger issues. That person will never change, right? We begin to categorize people. We form, fashion for ourselves, ideas about one another. I want you to imagine how that would impact our ability to communicate with that person. How would forming idols statues affect our ability to communicate with God. We'd be talking about and to someone completely different, right? If we had an idea about God that all he wanted was the 
the, the Joel Osteen fashion of spirituality of Christianity, wealth and health. And that's all that we came to Jesus for. And that was our kind of bottom line with Jesus, really distorted understanding. Then we would have a really messed up view and how we would come to him and communicate with him would also be messed up. And y'all, this principle applies in our relationships with each other. We oftentimes have formed concepts about other people. And we have said, this is who that person is. They will never change. And so when they're speaking to us, what are we doing? We're interpreting, oftentimes, we're interpreting that person through a certain set of ideas that we have about them. And so we're talking right past each other. We're not listening to the other person, what they have to say. And so the truth is, we might see each other. We must rather see each other to speak to each other. If we don't see the other person, if we don't hear the other person, if we don't understand the other person, we're going to talk right past them. Talking past each other happens when two or more people engage in a conversation without actually understanding and engaging with what the other person is saying. It's discussing two different things while supposedly talking about the same thing. Has anyone ever done this? You're like in a conversation, but it feels like you're in a different conversation than the person that you're talking to is having, right? You might be talking to a friend about how they hurt you, and they're engaged in a conversation about how they're not feeling well. You're talking to a person, to your spouse, about how they left the food out and they have been doing this over and over again. And they're telling you that they're having a rough time at work, right? You're talking, you're talking about two different things. Now, sometimes it's a lot more subtle than that. Sometimes you're talking about presumably the same thing, but your minds are in two very, very different places, right? And your goal, your objective is very different for one another. Why do we speak past each other? We might be not seeing the other person or not seeing each other. We're focused on the wrong thing. I was just at a marriage conference yesterday and the speakers kept highlighting this point that oftentimes what happens is when we speak past each other, it's because we're focused, or when we're in arguments, we're focused simply on winning. We're focused simply on winning. And the speaker said, if you're focused, your goal is to win. You might win the argument, but you might lose the marriage. You know, this goes in all of our communication with one another, right? I can be right, and if that's where I'm focused on the wrong thing, being right and winning, then I'm going to talk right past the other person. Another reason why we speak past each other is we're not actually listening or hearing the other person. Let's be honest. When the other person is you're in, in a discussion or debate, sometimes not, not even a heated debate, right? Someone is talking, and what are you thinking about? What you're going to say next, right? It might be at work where you're, you're not even listening to the other person. You're just trying to think of a creative way to up them or to tell them about what you did over the weekend. Right? You know everyone's favorite subject? Me. Not me, but like themselves, right? 
Everyone loves, so oftentimes what's happening is when the other person is speaking, I don't think everyone's favorite subject is me personally, okay? We love talking about ourselves though, right? And so a lot of times what happens, guys, is we're not actually listening to the other person. We're perhaps in our own minds. Maybe we're not even thinking about ourselves. We're just thinking about something else, right? Another reason why we speak past each other is we may just disagree, disagree about the facts. We may disagree about the facts. This happened my first year of marriage. Maura still tells this story whenever she has the opportunity about how I would like leave shoes sitting around the house um, our first year of marriage. And I'm like, I, I, I disagree about the facts, right? And when I tell her things, I'm not going to throw her under the bus, but when I remind her of things that she would or wouldn't do, sometimes she's like, no, that never happened, right? Sometimes, guys, we just, we disagree about the facts. We disagree about what's actually, what happened. And I'll give you one more reason. There's so many other reasons why, but the last reason I'll give you this morning is that sometimes we pass each other because we don't want to dignify what the other person's saying. Right? We don't want to acknowledge what they're saying. We don't want to acknowledge maybe they're hurt. Maybe we don't, we don't want to acknowledge that they've gone through something really beautiful that we should celebrate. And so again, if we are talking past each other, it's because we're not seeing each other. Okay? Let's come to um, someone that we know his story hopefully fairly well. It's a man by the name of Job. Job got sick. He lost all his children. He lost all his livestock, all his wealth. And his friends show up and they start looking at Job and they start accusing him. And one of the issues was Job's friends did not see him. Job's friends did not understand what he was going through, right? And so they're there. They're talking about two different things. Job's like, dude, I am suffering here, right? And Job's friends show up, and he's trying to tell them about his pain and his discomfort, and they're here trying to fix a solution and tell them, well, it's because you did this, and if you would have done this, and if you wouldn't have done this, right? They're talking past each other. They're in two completely different worlds, And what Job is trying to explain to them is, like, this didn't happen because I'm an unrighteous person. Like, I just don't know why, right? But his friends were focused on figuring out what the problem was. And so they weren't actually listening to Job. They weren't hearing Job. They weren't seeing Job in that moment. There's a um, kind of a neat example that I came across uh, Recently, as I was preparing for this, uh, this series, it was from 1917 when Albert Einstein and David Hilbert, they would have these discussions on a daily basis for day after day after day on physics. And what happened once they finished their debates, they continued their debate, like their public debates, they continued them in writing. A man by the name of Felix Klein, says what was happening is they were oftentimes just talking past each other, as happens not infrequently between simultaneously producing mathematicians, right? He's saying that they were so focused on their work and what they each had done 
that they were not actually listening to what the other had come up with and done because they were so fixated on proving what they had done was so groundbreaking, they couldn't acknowledge that both things could be true at the same time, right? That what Albert Einstein had come up with was pretty groundbreaking and what Dave Hilbert had come up with was pretty groundbreaking. Now, in relationships, in friendships, we've got to be able to multitask, right? We've got to be able to hear each other, acknowledge each other, see one another, but that goes both ways, right? And so a lot of times what happens is when a talk about communication comes up, one person hears it and they say, see, if you would only. And the reality is, if we would only, right? If we would, because this doesn't work effectively unless if both parties or all parties participate. Yeah, like, let's be real. If if you personally say, I'm going to improve as a communicator, it's going to help you personally. It's going to help you grow tremendously. I think it'll help you become a more Christ-like figure. Because Christ was, I think, the greatest communicator living in the flesh. He listened to people. He heard what people were saying. He saw the hurt of people. But if we're talking about entering into deeper level of connection and intimacy with one another, a friendship with one another, then that requires both parties to do this. Does that make sense, y'all? So you can look and say, I'm going to do this because I think it's going to help me be more successful. I know people that go to marriage seminars or go to work business uh, seminars because they want to be a better communicator so they can be more successful at work. And you will. But that's not the same thing as having healthy relationships with other people. Let's talk about some places where we talk past each other or some contexts where we talk past each other. First one is political debates, right? Has anyone ever been in a political debate and the two sides are actually sitting there listening to one another? Right? Like people don't people don't listen to each other when they talk politics. I was just talking to a couple of people last night and I said, you know, I shared something political. I'm like, oh, I know we're not supposed to talk politics. And they started laughing. They're like, come on, Abuna, you always talk politics and like be free, right? The truth is, guys, like a lot of times the reason people don't want to talk politics is because they're not prepared to listen to each other. Right? They're not ready to hear what the other side has to say. One of the most infuriating discussions is when people discuss a hot button, hot topic issue like abortion. Like try to listen to two people debating abortion from opposing views. It is the most frustrating thing. Okay? It'll be frustrating for you probably for two reasons. One, because you will probably disagree with one side pretty strongly. But if you're if you're also listening to how they're communicating, it'll be frustrating because what you will realize in the majority of cases people are not actually listening to each other. They're just talking past you. They're waiting for their opportunity to respond and to argue back their side so they can be right. The second place 
that we tend to talk past each other and that there's misunderstanding we don't see each other is text messages. Text messages, right? I mean, I will tell you, you can put all the emojis in the world that you want. You're still going to miss something. You know what percentage of communication is the words that are said? It's like 7-8%, right? So one, I want you to imagine if we took this sermon right now and we just put it in a text and you read it. Without any body language, without any intonation, without any facial expressions, nothing. You just read it. Some of you might look and say, wow, he was pretty angry. Others of you are like, oh, he didn't, he's not really taking this matter very seriously. Others of you might not hear the joking or the sarcasm. You might not still hear it in person, but that's okay, right? It's less likely you'll miss it, hopefully. So if you have something hard to communicate, I would encourage you, text message is probably not your most effective way to do it, right? It's probably not going to be the most like impactful way Text messaging is great, or emails are great, if you just want to communicate something out, right? Facts. But we're talking about friendship. And if we're talking about friendship, again, in all these different contexts, that's a really challenging place to do it because things can, uh, we talk past each other, we misinterpret what the other person's saying. The third one I've kind of already alluded to, relationship conflicts. They can, emotions can run high. People get worked up. Especially if you've been married for years or you've been in a friendship for years or your children, right? Because there's so much history that's there. And so we tend to talk past each other in those relationships, those deep-seated relationships. The last one is online debates. Man, I would avoid that like the... Because people are not really listening to each other usually. Like, I want want you to be honest. When was the last time you were, you read an online debate and someone changed their mind? Right? Usually what happens is you read an online debate and you're categorizing, oh, that person's smart, that person's smart, that person's stupid. Right? That person's smart, that person's real clever, that person's a loser, right? We're like categorizing people, right? And the, 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 the category over here are the people we disagree with. And the category over here are the people that we agree with. And what we're usually not doing is actually listening because we're fixated on what like we're seeing ourselves, right? We're looking at it as an argument. Okay? All right. So let's come back to a little bit of theology on the incarnation. So when this happens, someone, this kind of like disconnect, we look past, we see past each other, something has to shift. We have to be prepared to look to the other, and that's what we're going to find here, um, that someone has to be prepared to to bridge, to, to, to move towards the other person so that they can um, bridge that communication gap. So, a king being human doesn't permit the lands established under him to pass 
to serve others, nor does he abandon them to others, but rem- he reminds them with letters and oftentimes sends them by friends. And if need be, he comes himself. And so this, what St. Athanasius here is talking about is if a king does this, what about God? God did this, right? God, because he wanted to make sure that he was known, he moved towards the other person. He sent letters, he sent messages, he sent envoys, and he's like, if I need to come myself, I will. And what that requires is a great deal of humility. If we're talking really about seeing the other person and hearing and listening, it requires us to humble ourselves to be able to come to the person where where they're at. That we're prepared to look at the other person when we're speaking, or when rather they're speaking. I can't tell you how challenging it is when you're in a discussion with someone. Let's be honest. One of the most frustrating things is when you're talking to someone and they're doing this, right? They're looking down at their phone. Or you're talking to them and they're like walking away. Right? I'm not talking about like, listen, I know at home sometimes we're multitasking, especially if you've got like young ones and you've got bottles and you've got food to prepare and you've got like, but I'm talking about like you're sitting down trying to have a conversation and someone gets up and walks away in the middle of it. That's tough, right? And what it makes that person feel is like, man, yes, they don't hear me. They don't, they don't care. They don't, they're not looking. This doesn't matter to them. A big part of communication, and and the speakers pointed this out yesterday. They said that Jesus did a lot of listening. He asked twice as many questions, apparently, roughly, as he was asked. Isn't that something? Right? To be able to see the other person, it means we need to be prepared to listen to the other person. What are they actually saying? What are they trying to get at? and seeking to understand them before being understood. All right, let's come and wrap up here. During our discussion, it was mentioned that we, um, you know, like, yes, we struggle, people struggle with pride, okay? And so we need to be cautious and careful to acknowledge that if someone is struggling with pride that um, we're not feeding into that. On the flip side, guys, it is critical that we understand that as people created in the image of God, we're created with this desire to be seen and to be known. And what the psalmist says here, he says in Psalm 139, and know my heart, like see me, understand what I'm going through, try me, and know my anxieties, right? This is a, a desire, a need that we have is to be seen, to be understood. And see if there is any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. The reason why it was important for the psalmist was because he wanted to enter into deeper relationship with God. But the reason it's also important that we be seen by others, I want you to imagine at this time, like when the, or perhaps even before this time, when the children of Israel were wandering through the, the, the wilderness, if someone didn't see them, what would happen? They'd be left behind. If your tribe didn't see you, 
and you were left in the wilderness, what would happen to you? You would die. You wouldn't survive on your own in the wilderness, right? And the truth is, guys, if we are not seen by the tribe, then it's easy for us to slip away. How many people have felt at times, man, nobody would even notice if I didn't show up to church. Nobody would notice if I wasn't in church for weeks. No one in the family will notice if I've had a bad day. None of my friends will have any idea if I've gotten sick. Right? And so we have this need, this desire to be seen, and it's not all bad. It can go to a really bad place, but it itself is not a bad thing. It's one of the things that allows us to make sure that we're able to be in community with each other, to be seen by one another and to see the other person. So when you are looking to, or when people need to be seen, I'm going to give you three things. The first one, this is such a simple one. Make eye contact with other people. When you're talking to them, look at them. Like it is one of the most simple things we can do. I have noticed that a lot of people struggle. I know in like some cultures, you don't make eye contact with other people, but eye contact tells the other person, I care about what you're saying. I've already mentioned the phone. Stay off your phone with you're with others. Like be present with them. And the third one, this is a challenging one, especially when you're in community. Learn and remember the names of people. Learn and remember the names of people. Okay? Because if you want to know another person, it's not just, yes, know their name, but know them as a person. Okay? Let's come to the very final part. This is going to be kind of like a theme throughout the series, as I mentioned. We want to make sure that we're using, in all of our communication, grace-based communication. Okay? And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 30 kind of unpacks this a bit for us. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, with his hands what is good, that he may have something to go, give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay? So there's five aspects that are, if you will, grace-based communication. The first one is speaking truth. And let's, let's call it truth with love, as it's mentioned here, okay? So if we want to really be in relationship and bridge the communication gap, we need to draw closer to each other, and that happens through truth, right? There's, uh, I, I was speaking to our guy at Chase Bank, who kind of handles the, the church stuff, and, and um, anyway, we got to chatting, he's like, oh, what are you teaching on? And so I told him about the series, and and he said, oh, I'm reading a book called The Speed of Trust. It's a, it's a Covey book. Stephen Covey or one of the Coveys, okay? The Speed of Trust. And um, so I'm at how like trust is foundational in communication 
and trust comes through speaking truth, right? But speaking truth needs to be done with love. That's the first one. The second one, we'll talk more about these over the weeks. I just want to put them out there and then we'll... The second one is uh, affirmation. Affirmation. Uh, It's interesting, almost every book of the New Testament begins with a word of praise and thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, St. Paul says, we give thanks to God for you all. In the letters to each of the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3 I mentioned, our Lord was prepared to affirm like, hey, these are the things that you're doing well. Okay, Grace-based communication is prepared to see the good in the other, what they are doing well, and to give thanks for them, to, to offer praise in an appropriate way. The third one is healthy types of affection. Okay? Words of affection, I think, can be a like especially meaningful and appropriate. Um, a lot of people, I think, need to have loving affection communicated to them. Okay, beautiful, nice work. Put it into action. The fourth one, fourth aspect of grace-based communication, is there's safety or security. People should feel safe when communicating. They should be able to say and to, to, to speak and to be heard. And let's be honest, we all like going to places we feel safe. And places that we don't feel safe, we avoid those places. We flee from those places. And what we want to make sure is that our homes and our church community is a place that people are feeling safe because we're communicating in a grace-filled way. And the last way is that grace-based communication is gentle. It's not harsh. The, the speaker was, was, uh, said something really, it was kind of cute. He said yesterday, he said, you know, if you're in an argument or discussion, he said, the best volume to communicate at is a whisper. And he said, try that for more than 60 seconds, right? A whisper. Uh, not literally a whisper. But, you know, like, at a really quiet voice. Right? When we communicate gently with one another, it's easier for the other people to hear. Whether it's something that's like intense and that we're frustrated about, right? Or something that we're uh, excited and passionate about, sometimes speaking gently allows the other person to hear. I'm not saying that we shouldn't allow our emotions to ever get worked up if we're excited about something. But speaking gently, softly, we know the difference, as opposed to harshly. Um, grace-based communication is gentle. It's soft. right? It's trying not to destroy and to harm, but to soothe the other person. Okay? Even when we need to speak words of truth to them, it can still be done gently. We all know the difference. And every one of us here self-included, has been guilty of not doing these. And we've seen the results, right? And every one of us here has experienced and probably offered grace-based communication 
And we've seen the results. And it tends to be a more effective way of communicating. All right? All glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.